Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host. What topic are we exploring this week? Well, it's the topic of self-sabotage. I've been getting a few emails from various people that say everything seems to be going really well in my life and then I just do something stupid that upsets the cart and I seem to be getting in my own way, i.e. self-sabotaging. Now, this topic of self-sabotaging is not as easy to answer why and what you can do about it. Well, the what you can do about it is straightforward. But why is it happening? Why do people self-sabotage? And it can be in all sorts of different areas of life. So let's have explore of what possibly could be going on here and some various different reasons and then what we could do about that to make sure that when things are going well, we keep things moving forward. Right, so we've got to start somewhere. So let's explore one of the presuppositions of NLP, which is there's a positive intent behind everything that we're doing. Well, what could be the positive intent behind self-sabotaging? There could be many. Uh, A simple, almost Freudian example of that would be that our parents and guardians brought us up. And I believe they brought us up the best they could. But they became role models for us. And as you start to go into an area of your life, uh, whether it's success, relationship, money, business, etc., then you are starting to grow. And the danger is, and as silly as this may sound, you often feel like you're outgrowing your parents or guardians. And the child part of us, we've mentioned Freud, we might as well do some transactional analysis, the child part of us, is thinking, you know, I can't be better than my parents. So we get in our own way. So that could be a reason why I'm not saying it is. And it's quite a classical approach to it. Let's have a look at some possible other reasons. What about values? Your values are the things that motivate you. The reason you do what you do is because of your values. Now, values will create behavior is where we tend to invest our energy now you can do something against your values for a period of time but stress will build up and one or two things will then have to happen either the value gets updated to include your new behavior or you quit that behavior in some way now that's not self-sabotage that's living within your values right so what if a value is not being fulfilled in life Would that then show up in some area of your life? Quite possibly. And one of the values I think we've lost 
within our communities is this value of adventure. And that value of adventure is important to us. It's that little bit of risk taking, a little bit of doing something out of the extraordinary. And I think that value of adventure is very important to us as humans. And yet our lives have become quite safe. We know that the country's going to run. Oh yeah, I know it's going to have challenges, but essentially we're going to have water, electricity, roads are going to work, we have schools, we have the police. So there's a whole lot of things that create a safe environment. We know pretty much what we're going to be doing tomorrow, next week, and it's all become very safe and predictable. And you know what, as humans, we love that. We crave that. But once we got it, we become a little bit bored. And in becoming bored with what's going on, we will look for this adventure. And on the positive side, we become a little bit restless. So we then go out and search for that adventure. And that adventure could be things like sports, taking a new course, meeting new people, just doing something that we wouldn't normally do. And that can really satisfy us for a while. But it may be not quite enough. And when adventure shows up in people's lives in a negative way, it can be devastating. Have you ever heard of somebody who absolutely loves their partner, is devoted to their partner and goes out and has an affair? Often with somebody they don't even particularly like and it can ruin many people's lives. One explanation for that is the sense of adventure had not been fulfilled and it was a risk. It was something a little bit dangerous. It can also show up where people are living very successful lives, everything going well for them, and they start taking drugs. Well, notice the risk that goes around that. It's the shady side of life, maybe having to deal with criminals just to put some typecasts onto that. And doing something that is a little bit naughty. Well, that's probably a little bit more than just being naughty, but you get the idea. You're breaking the law in some way. And then you can see that sense of adventure is showing up in a very negative aspect. And here what we're seeing is this self-sabotage happening because a value is not being fulfilled in somebody's life. And all their other values might be fine. The value of family might be going well. The value of work, the value of happiness is all going well. But this sense of adventure is missing. So I've just had a quick look at a dictionary and looked up what adventure means and it means many different things. One is to take a superior position. So I'm not sure about that one but I think the one that applies to us is that to take advantage of the opportunities that surround us. And if I go back a good 30 odd years ago now, how time flies, is that when I was working for someone else and that's the, pretty the last time I had a job working for somebody else, was that I felt trapped. I couldn't see any options around me. But as soon as I set up my own business, and my first business really that working for myself was teaching guitar, was suddenly opportunity seemed to be everywhere. And it, for me, what I noticed was that I wasn't paying attention to those opportunities because if I did and I was working, I couldn't pursue them I felt trapped but as soon as I started working for myself 
the opportunities are around us in so many places and my adventure started and I'm not sure it's ever stopped since. Now just to be clear I am not advocating that you walk out of your work and there'll be opportunities around for you. I'm sure they are there. Stay in work, it's a good place to be unless you have a good plan in place to leave. Just want to be clear about that because you can find adventure within the workplace as well, within the relationship that you're in. And that adventure will cause a passion. Or is it the passion that causes the adventure? It could be the chicken and egg, but there's passion in everything. So what else could be a cause of self-sabotage? Now, beliefs. Beliefs are rules that we have set up to know our values have been fulfilled. And our beliefs shape our worldview. And beliefs are constantly changing. And we can outgrow our beliefs. And when we outgrow a belief, we call it a limiting belief. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show, the NLP Practitioner Training, designed to transform your life. Attend the first day completely free. Find out more. Head over to the website to secure your place with the next NLP practitioner. So I think it's quite healthy to have limiting beliefs because it shows you're growing and expanding. The danger is sometimes our old beliefs are comfortable. They We feel secure and we try to act within that old belief. But when a belief is limiting you, it's time for something new. And something new can be a little bit uncomfortable. So my example of when I started to teach guitar 30 odd years ago, I just don't get time to play anymore. I might have to grab my guitar out and dust dust it off and play. Anyway, I think some of you know that I've come from a place where I was the shyest person you'd ever meet, low self-esteem, learning issues just like you wouldn't believe. And my parents are hippies as well. So working for the man and all the financial stuff and making money, I had a lot of beliefs I'd picked up from my parents over a period of time. And around that time, I had only been earning minimum wage, which I think was something like £3.95 or something. We are going back quite a way here. So when I had my first client... And I thought to myself, I'm going to charge £11 an hour. This is going to be outrageous. I'm going to be so wealthy. That when they said to me, how much do you charge? I went £7. Because my beliefs only allowed me to ask for that amount. And at that time it felt outrageous. Anyway, I've used a lot of NLP around my beliefs around money, success, life, living. So we can see that I had limiting beliefs around money at that point. And obviously outgrown that now as I run my own company and work internationally. Let's cover just one more potential way that we are programmed to self-sabotage. And it's often for positive reasons. And you'll understand why I say that in a moment before we start to look at solutions. Now in NLP, we have something that we call parts. And if you've ever heard somebody say to you, part of me wants to, but part of me doesn't, then that's what I'm referring to. So what do we mean by a part? A part is an efficient system the unconscious mind has set up to run in any scenario. 
So let's put that into an example and we can see where it could self-sabotage us. Let's take public speaking. A lot of people do not like to speak in public. And yet, the only fears we're born with, or potentially have, are the fear of loud noises, the fear of falling, and a fear of creepy callies. It's not necessarily true, but we have that kind of built in as potential fears. All our other fears have been learnt. So where could the fear of public speaking come from? Well, let's say at the age of seven, you get your first public speaking gig. And that means you get to stand up in front of a classroom and read from a book. In the age of seven, you may not have mastered the art of reading. And your unconscious mind goes, what's the fastest way to get us out of this? Because we don't want to look foolish because we can't read in front of our friends. I know we're shaking, stutter and see if that works. So we go, the, 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 and the teacher goes that's okay sit down we'll move on and your unconscious mind goes wow did you see how well that worked that's excellent i know every time we stand up and people look at us and we're going to talk we'll just automatically do that because it works for us notice a couple of things that part has now been set up and it was set up for a positive reason i.e. to protect you so you didn't look foolish in front of your friends, also set up when you were seven. Now that part runs automatically now. And as we grow up, you might get to a point in your life where you think, you know what, I've got a lot to share with the world or I'd like to advance my career. Pretty much the fastest way to advance any career is to speak in public. There's now part of you that wants to speak in public. It gets you onto the courses. It gets you to the side of the stage. It even gets you to walk out onto the stage. And as you turn and look at these people and they look back at you, the part that protects you from people looking at you as you speak kicks in and you go, ah, and you walk off stage rather sharply. And that part goes, didn't I do a good job? Now notice a couple of things. The reason you get parts conflict, part of me wants to, but part of me doesn't. One, in our example, one was set up at the age of seven and the other might have been set up at the age of 25. So at different points in our life, and they both automatically run. Now, notice on the surface, that seems like a self-sabotage. But really what's going on, there's a system, i.e. a part that is running for a particular purpose. Now, we have a set of techniques in NLP that we can work with parts and I would recommend attending a live NLP training to truly learn how to work with parts but we can say to the part okay then can we keep positive intent i.e protect me but the way that you protect me now in front of a group is you make me relaxed you make me be able to speak and to connect with other people and maybe even enjoy the experience and that's a different part of protection. But we can see how that would be perceived as a self-sabotage. Right, so there's various different reasons why. One is that we may have picked it up from our parents and our guardians. And there is part of us that looks up to our parents and guardians and don't want to outgrow them. And in so doing, and our parents and our guardians, who love us dearly, would normally want us to grow and expand. So we can acknowledge that and move on. And sometimes that acknowledgement is just fine. The other time is we also talked about values. And this particular value that I mentioned was adventure. 
And that when we don't fulfill this value of adventure, it can manifest itself, yes, in positive ways, but also in negative ways. We then explore things like beliefs, which are the rules that we live by. And we talked about limiting beliefs and how as we start to grow beyond those limiting beliefs, it can be uncomfortable and be seen to be self-sabotaging. And then we touched on parts. Now we can work on any of those. So first off, is if there's an area of your life where you keep self-sabotaging, whether it's relationships, whether it's work, promotions, running your own business, money, one of the first things that I suggest that you start to do is to sit down and understand yourself in those areas. So what I mean by that, so what? write down all your values around work, around relationships. And how you do that is to answer the question, what do I value about this relationship? What do I value about work? And another question you can use is, what's important to you about this relationship? What's important to you about work? What's important about being an entrepreneur? And then list down as many words that come to mind. Now, you're going to pick up beliefs as well, but don't stop. Just brainstorm, get them all out. Now, you can always tell a true value. A true value is an abstract word like happiness, fulfillment, purpose, legacy. Notice they're abstract terms. Beliefs are rules. They're structures. So, for example... If you have a value of work, and work is a value, it's not normally a top value. Some people act as though it is, but it's an abstract word. Work means different things to different people. How you spot a belief, it is a rule you've set up to fulfill that value. And one of those could be time-based. So you might say, I notice a value of work has been fulfilled because I put a 12-hour day in. That's a rule that you have. Nothing to do with quality, quantity. It's time-based. Somebody else might say three hours. Now, who's right? Well, they're both right within themselves. That's the rule they set up. So once you've got the values out, you'll notice that you pick up some beliefs as well. And you start to write out your beliefs around those areas. So write out all your beliefs around that relationship, around work, around entrepreneurship, whatever you're working on. Now, once you've got those out, decide on a goal for that area of your life and start to write out the values that you would like to be fulfilled in that area, within that relationship. So you might say adventure. I'd highly recommend putting adventure down and that can manifest in your relationship as a surprise weekend to Paris Unless you live in Paris, then it might be Vienna. It might be London. In work, it might be a new project. So we can start to see that from understanding some of the reasons why people self-sabotage, and a lot of them, not necessarily negative, although they could be, gives us clues of how to put ourselves into an unsabotaging way. Or probably a better way of saying that, back on the path of success.
I would love to hear your insights and your thoughts around this topic. So do drop me an email, leave a comment below, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Until next time, all the best. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.